Ash Fazemay. How are you? Welcome. Well, good to be here. And good to see you too. <laughs> it's not all video, so for those oh, who can't oh. see, this is on video on YouTube. Oh, okay. That's on YouTube. But yeah. for those who can't see, I'm joined by a uh, fantastic comedian, African-American Ash Fazemay. Originally from Los Angeles via... Haiti? Yes, actually, it's Haiti via New York, via Miami, via Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. so you lived in New York for a while as well? I was just born there. I was like, I, I didn't, my mom, whenever she got pregnant, she flew from Haiti to uh, New York and had us on American soil, and that way we would become citizens, and she did this five times. I'm the youngest of five. What a fantastic forward-thinking mother. Yeah she, yeah, she thought ahead. She thought way ahead, so I was very happy. I, I appreciate that now, so yeah, I'm a, this is before Trump era, so yeah. Yeah, what's Haiti like in a nutshell? Is Haiti it- was the first country to gain its political independence, and Haiti went around and they freed about, uh, I would say, over, over twenty different countries. Like slavery-wise, they were the first black country to liberate themselves from slavery, and they went around and they like free like France from slavery, and they went around and they went to all these other countries, and they um. Where did, fr- where did they get that muscle from? Uh, it was, they were just the first country. Yeah. So some say it was voodoo. Uh, but others just say it was just them. There had to be a first someone to do it. So they were the first ones to do it. And what happened was um, Haiti had a lot of rich minerals and a lot of uh, rich gold and everything, and they went and they took over that and they put it in an, uh, is, it, is it called an embargo when they stop you from trading and stuff? That's right, yeah. So to this very day, France is still getting paid from Haiti for the slaves that they bought, but they never got to use because Haiti went and emancipated France from uh, their countries. That's why people say, oh, live with people in France. I say, fuck France. Because France, to this very day, they're still getting... Because Haiti... Okay, I'll, I'll make it simple. It's a compensation that France is getting because they lost the, the slave trade. The exactly. from that. So it, they're they, still being compensated to this day. To this day. They bought slaves from Haiti. They bought slaves. Haiti went... <clears throat> they bought slaves. Okay, I'll make it very simple. They bought slaves and then uh, they uh, had slaves and Haiti came in and freed those slaves in France and they're like, well, we, we paid for all these slaves, so guess what? We still want our money for it. So to this very day, France is getting paid uh, taxes through Haiti for the slaves. To this very day. From, ha- from Haitian from Haiti, citizens? From Haiti, yes. And, uh, yeah. So Fuck, does that make your blood boil? It does. So whenever, and people, you know, unfortunately, France goes through a lot of things, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, ah, you know, that that's, that's some bullshit. My father went and uh in Miami and he was so frustrated that people weren't giving credit uh Haiti credit enough. He went ahead and he started a, a Georgia Savannah um Haitian monument and he built a he got a Haitian library in Miami and my father's pretty big. Like when he died to give him his own day. Like he was friends with Yasuf Arafat, he was friends with Oprah, he was friends with uh, uh he had the you know uh lunch and breakfast with Bill Clinton. He did a lot of great things. What was his job? He started off as a mechanic, and then he got a job owning a limo business, and then he got a job uh, doing jitneys. In America, we have something called jitneys. Jitneys? Jitneys is uh, pretty much a bus system that actually, it, um, it's, it's a bus system, but it picks you up anywhere and drops you off anywhere. So if I'm on the street right now, and I, just, and I see a jitney, I put my hand up, and then I give it a dollar, and they'll drive me. And I go stop right here and stop anywhere, versus like public bus has like specific stops. Jitneys have certain routes. 
and it'll stop and go anywhere within a specific. You can route. do that now with a public bus, but you need to put a syringe to the driver's throat. <laughs> and so well, he stops wherever you want him to stop. It stops wherever you want to stop. Yeah, and it goes wherever you want. But it has like specific routes. They they have their route. So within that route, it will stop, and he monopolized yeah. that. And, and your uh, father created that business. He created. Well, he was he was there in the creation process, and he was the there was the McDonald's, and he was like the Burger King or Hungry Jacks, as you guys say. Yeah, Hungry Jacks. So okay, so how did that then lead to? meeting um a political leader businessman because he became a businessman and when you're in a businessman you 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 know you you become part of these boroughs and part of these institutions that have conventions and he was always my father always got up at like four in the morning and would come home sometimes around like nine ten at night but he was always gone in the morning always always working he he literally worked himself to death you know and it wasn't until like you know you know, I got older. I appreciated what he did. You know what I'm saying? Because he left. Yeah. He has a legacy. I'm I'm similar to you in the fact that I got a lot of values from my father, but my father didn't really raise me because he wasn't around. Right. I, I I was raised by my mother. Right. Like the ins and outs of yes. growing up was mum. Yes. Dad was this godlike figure with these values yep. that I had to uphold and keep morals. Right. That's the same with you. Exactly. What is it? My my mom was like, she's still around. My mom is. Uh, when you get older, you realize these things. My mom is probably the most beautiful woman I've ever met in my life. I could tell her anything, and I'm very fortunate that God blessed me with a woman like that because she's very. She was hard on you too. At she, one oh stage. yeah, she was very hard on me. Because we've traveled, uh, we went to New South Wales. We've done car trips together as comedians. We travel a lot, so we've had time to talk. And um, I asked you before if you were comfortable talking about this anything, shit. man. There's, there's no. I got, I, I got nothing to prove to you. You're fucked up too, just like me. So I we're got nothing to prove to you. Up. We're all fucked up. So like, <laughs> don't, don't judge me. Judge yourself. Yeah, comedians. We're just happy to reveal our fuck ups. Yeah, and we make money off of it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Good money too. Great money. Depends how fucked. The less fucked up you are, the less funny you are. The best comedians are the most fucked up ones. Exactly. So, yeah. I'll drink to that. So um, cheers. We were saying, um, your mother uh was hard on you. My mother uh, she was... She kicked you out. Yeah, because, well, I deserve to be kicked out, first of all, because... Why did you... See, this is where I disagree with you, because, all right, your siblings had higher education. Yep. Very high education, right. some of them. And you chose to abandon that path yep. and become a stand-up comedian. Right. And she couldn't accept that. She didn't... Well, oh, yeah, she she didn't want to accept that. You're I mean, very forgiving. Uh, Well, yeah, I'm forgiving, but I also take responsibility for my actions, like... I had the same opportunities my my siblings had. My my siblings, like my brother is like my hero. Like when they talk about people, my, my older brother's a hero, my sisters are, because they did everything they were supposed to do. And I'm certain they made, you know, mistakes in their lives. But watching them, it, to me, they're superheroes. Like they're unbreakable. Like they did everything. My brother has his own business. He's an engineer, runs, runs uh, the family business. Uh, my sister's a doctor. Another one's a preacher in a religion where like women aren't supposed to be preachers. He's a preacher in that. Like they really just think, they didn't give a fuck. They were just go-getters. Um, and I just decided to, I, I was a late bloomer, you know? So when they, when they, you know, when my mom said, you can't be in here, um, you have to go out and do this on your own. She did it in a loving way, but it was strict. But I never, I, I didn't falter for that. Because at the end of the day, you know, it's like, you know, Tupac's mother, like, was on drugs. And look at the love he gives to her. Mm. respects her there's something about like my my mother was even near my mother was a, a straight-headed woman so i was wrong yeah she kept me out but you know i i lived in my car for two years and i worked at a comedy club in the daytime and i slept in my car 
and nobody knew. But when you're 18 years old, it's like nobody. You think it's fun. You slept in your car for two years. Two years. I had a and, system. And I, at night you would before you get to your system because I liked your system. Yeah. Before, you would go. You would go to the comedy store in LA. Oh, no, it was improv in Miami, Florida. Improv in Miami, yeah. in Florida. Right. And they'd have a sign up. You'd go in and you'd perform every single night. Every uh, what it was, I, I performed on Mondays on open mic Mondays. It was Def Jam nights, and they had like a. A amateur show and right afterwards we have a pro show right. and back then you couldn't find comedians so, yeah. so i was like it was like me every week every week but even before that what i did was uh i worked there as a telemarketer in the daytime and a food runner at night and um i would sleep in my car all right so don't before you go into your system yep. for people who don't know a comedian has to build a routine and panel beat it, and he has to perform it every single night to get it to a certain level where the laughs are thick yeah. so that the promoter watching the show can actually go, I'm going to give this motherfucker some money for this. Right. And then you're on the books, you're on the roster, yeah. and you have work. That's right. how it works. You can't just write some jokes and think they're funny. You have to workshop and panel beat and build more laughs. So back to your system, you're yeah. sleeping in a car yeah. for two years, Yep. Panel beating your material at night on stage. Yeah. What was your system? My system was uh, my ex girlfriend, uh, well, my girlfriend at the time. Uh, her mom was pretty cool, but her mom would like not let me come in the house, would not let me sleep in the house. But I was I was able to sleep like in the front yard in my car, and then I I worked there all day at the comedy club. Telemarketing. Pause again. Huh? Why, why weren't you allowed into the house? I'm come on, man. She's like seventeen. I'm like eighteen. Okay. And I was like, okay, shit. I just put myself out there. First of all, 17 and 18 is like fucking that's a f- 45 that's and 30. It's right? not Roman Polanski and a fucking 17-year-old. Yeah, before I get fucking hashtagging me too from those fuckers out there who's fucking, must get, you know, whatever. White women, you're the ones who are the problem. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> extreme white feminists. Not, okay, never mind. It's too late now. We're not editing this shit. Say so. it, man. No, we're not editing, but say it. Say what uh, you want. Um, so when, you, when you're that young, you're not aware of, I wouldn't do this shit right now. When you're that young, you just take chances because, you know, ignorance is bliss. So you just mm-hmm. go as you go along. And fortunately, after two years of doing that, I got to see how comedy worked. I got to see how managers would go, hey, man, tell them I'm not here. When a phone call would come in and I go, what do you mean? Tell me you're not here, but you're right there. Oh, he says he's not here right now. I'm like, oh, that's what they do. They fucking, they say that they're not there. So I learned all these little in, in, in trick, whatever the fuck. Intricacies. Yeah, that, that word with the I in it. Um, and I learned how to do something. One day, uh. I was performing, and Pablo Francisco saw me in the audience. He was in the audience, and he saw me. He popped up. Oh, you're and, jumping the gun. Oh, am I? Your oh, sister. I'm black. I do love guns. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you jumped your sister. So you would, you would frequent your... You would sleep in the front yard. Of, of my, my girlfriend's house, yeah. Yeah, because I want to get into the mechanics of what it actually means right. to be homeless for two years living in a car. So you, uh, s- you sleep in your car in the front yard for a bit of safety. Yes. And then how would you shower? You- oh, I, just, I, I would go in there and, you know, I'd, when the sun would come up and I would shower there or I'd shower at diff- a different friend's house. It depends on where I can get in. Sometimes I just didn't shower. Yeah. And I just went straight to work. And I had, like, you know, like my mouthwash, my toothbrushes. And you can go to the bathroom anywhere in a, in a comedy club and just brush your teeth and, you know, mm-hmm. floss. Or, well, not floss, but, like, use mouthwash. So I had a system and all my clothes, all my clothes were in the car. And I, at the time, I was having a lot of fun. And, like, and you laundry your clothes at your girlfriend's, and yeah, laundry there. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was. It, I used her house for um, my house, except for I wasn't allowed to go inside. It's just it's a weird thing to say. Like the mother, she. It was more like 
she knew I was there, but she just turned the other cheek and you know. Fair she, enough. So, but then that got old too. So I had to go different places. And sometimes it would be in the park. Sometimes it would be downstairs at the comedy club itself. Mm. You know, I'm just. I was like, I hated nighttime before the sun. I hated when people went to bed because then I had. That's when reality set in. When you, when everybody goes to bed after all the partying, reality sets, and you have this couple of hours, and you're just waiting for the sun to come up because the second the sun comes up, the people are around again, and you could just blend in society. Well, because that's the time where you can live like everyone else. Yes. But at nighttime, you had to live in your car. And yeah. that was the moment yeah. where you were farthest from the sun, so to speak, yeah. in isolation, I really hated cold, it. like being I, homeless. Yeah, I was. It, you felt the homelessness because no one was around. No one was up. There was no one to create with. There was no one to say it's okay to be up. That, that shit that, was hard. Did that strengthen your resolve? Were you like becoming solidified with your thinking back then that I'm on the right path even though I'm sleeping in a fucking car I'm doing the right thing Chris Rock slept in a fucking car for God's sake so the, the, yeah. I'm not going to give up the, I'm going to stick to my path yeah. I want to be a comedian I want to keep workshopping these jokes Um, I think when you're young and you're ignorant uh, I wasn't thinking about I'm on the right path it was just like I look at you now yeah of course you're a successful comedian yeah I, well, I do alright but the thing is that when you're that young you're not thinking I'm on the right path and I'm doing the right thing you're just thinking this is what I'm doing because this is what I want to do. Because you, when you're when you're young, that's the way it is. You know, when you're a teenager, I'm fuck the world. I'm gonna do what I want to do. So I was in my fuck the world, do I want to do phase. But it just turned out that I was I had had, you know, what was built into my family. You know, came into me like they had their discipline. I was disciplined in my in distant in disciplinary ways. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I was very disciplined, but I was in. I didn't know I was being disciplined. Like I was doing what I wanted to do, but I still had a strict system. Like when it come when it came to comedy, it was the only thing that I noticed that people would shut up about. Like they could say all this shit about me. They could say I was smelly. They could say I was I was dumb. But but they could never say I wasn't funny. And to me, that mattered the most. Absolutely. And I I recognized that was something that they couldn't take away. So like to even to this very day, like that's something that they can't take away because this shit talked about me in this industry. Like fucking Australian, you know people whatever they are i've been told i can't get signed with this agency because they already have a black person i'm still going through a lot of shit but one thing they can't do is take away my ability to perform and that to me is the most important thing and that's probably why i'm as potent as i am you know uh, that's probably why i'm the way i'm because that's that's my time to have something that that can't be taken away from me because they could take away everything else they could take away my home they could take away my car they could take away whatever physical attribute that i have but they could never take away my ability and that to me is something that I was all, I always won. So you, you define yourself through work, like I do a lot. Right? Um, yeah. Is it is it work though, or was it just a way of life that we somehow? Actually, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I take that back. It's not work. It's my way of life. It's yeah. a, so it's a way of life, and we decided we're gonna comedians are doing what they want to do. Yeah. That's all we and and that's pretty much what everybody wants to do is do what they want to do. If you think about it, if you break down a comedian, we're very free spirits. We write our own material, we perform our own material, we direct our own material. It's all everything. solo yeah. producing. Yeah. If 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 we're we, very used to it. If to there was to be credits after our shows, it'll be a fucking shitload of them. You know, we say good night, see you later. Yeah. There'll be a fucking bunch of credits. Producer, writer, director, and, people, and you know, we're all that shit unknowingly. Mm. We write our own material. We do it ourselves. We perform it. We we direct ourselves. We do everything that is the hardest. Comedy is the hardest form of entertainment there is. There's no hiding behind that shit unless you're it's like a hardest, character. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. 
it's the hardest thing, but the most rewarding thing, and it's something that they can't just take. You're, and your your shit, like you inspire me, man. Like I watch your shit, I go, man, fuck, man. Like, he, 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 I think I'm good. And I watch him go, fuck, man. I just like you know, you're there's guys like you, and there's like other cats uh, that can't, can't come to mind right now here in the, in the industry, but like who really get into it and get into like like you're like. Bill Burr, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're really methodical in your speech. And whenever I hear comments talk about you, it's always the same thing, how intelligent you are, how uh, you're able to manipulate things, how you're able to do things. Even the, the guys at the lounge are like, man, this guy's amazing. Like, you're one of the best out there, man. You well, I appreciate it. I, I, I don't think that's the case with me, but I I, I, I like that I, I'm so self-critical about that because yes. it keeps me on my toes. Absolutely. It keeps you um, humble. Yeah, it keeps me humble. Yep. I mean, last night I did a gig with... Um, Katie Birch. Yes. And she smashed the fucking gig and I was on straight after her and it was tough, you know. I had to like shift the crowd's attention off how good she performed. Right. Take that energy away from Yeah. And so yeah, so moments like that are humbling. You you come back down to earth and you realize, yes. man, you're not that good. You've got to keep working at it because she went on and did fifteen minutes and just fucking crushed so hard that I had to like Change my gears, change my starting yeah. setup, and all that. But I'm, I'm, I'm certain that you're but, being, you're being very critical. But I'm certain you, you, you figured it out within the first two or three minutes. Well, yeah, yeah, I did eventually, and I got there. I mean, my whole aim in stand up is, uh, I just, I don't want people to know where the joke is. Right. And I, I don't, I don't want okay. them to know. I get it. What topic is coming next? Right. Because that gives me great pleasure. And it makes them lean forward, yep. and it makes me enjoy the comfortable silences yep. when they're listening and hanging on every word. Yeah, you, you want to captivate them. Yeah, and yeah. then it's a joy when you drop a really big punchline. Yeah. Um, but I, you know that's my that. school of thought when it comes to stand up, like I Richard Pryor, Dave Chappelle, right. um, old school Alan DeGeneres. That's that type of stand up. Right. It, it took me a while to understand that when I first started out, I just wanted to be liked. So I was doing comedy because I wanted to be liked, and I was doing it as a as a person that I wanted to be liked. And this August will be twenty five years. Liked so, by the crowd. Liked, just in general. In yeah. general. Yeah, like, but like yeah. by the crowd was it was a form of acceptance. Yeah. You understand? I I got bullied when I was a kid because I didn't speak English when I first got here. I got beat up by a lot of you know fellow African American people like you know that in high school and. When did I, you arrive to America from Haiti? Uh, when I was six years old. When I, when I came from Haiti to. I was born in Brooklyn, and then dad had us to go to Haiti, and my mom had saved enough money, and then she went back to Miami, okay. and she started building her empire or whatever. Well, her my, my, her her father's pretty rich. My grandfather's pretty rich. So they, she built her empire. Like My mom's like a uh, Christian gangster is the best way I can call it, man. She's like, she's just very like headstrong. She's very Christian, but she, she, she has all her ducks in a row. She knows how to get down, like, you know, to do her business. And um, uh, when I came to America, I was... Uh, six years old and I had to learn English and I grew up around African Americans that were like they looked like me but I didn't sound like them so they picked on me I had a very strong accent if how I how was it how did it sound it was it was kind of like I was talking like this and it's even worse right it's, it's like really bad I'm still learning language the first American word I learned was napkin because <laughs> I learned that shit because I was in the cafeteria and some shit spilled on me and at the time I, I didn't speak any English and then I was like oh oh uh, and I was trying to I wanted to. I was trying to get the attention. And it turns out napkin in French is napkin in English. So it was, it was the principal. This is what happened to be in the cafeteria. I was like, uh, 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 napkin. He goes, napkin. I go, fuck. You understand me, napkin. And he gave me a napkin, and that was the first 
time I ever communicated English on my own, and I had to learn the process of English. So I speak you know, four languages now, but back then I, it was like you know it was a, it was a process yeah. that you had to go through. So after coming from Miami, uh, I learned English, and then I watched my family, you know, my heroes slash siblings do their things. I was it was just a matter of time for me to blossom, man. If you look at if you look at my family, like we're we're all like entrepreneurs, we're all go getters. And what I really like about the, my sisters in particular is that these are black women that are in fields that are predominantly held by men, and I've never heard them complain once. I've never heard them say anything bad or anything about that was fucking you know um, uh, uh, con- uh, controversial. And my sister, like I say, she's a doctor. Never heard a bitch moan about the shit she had to go through. I don't even know if she. I'm sure she did, but I don't even know. My uh, mother was a preacher in a religion that says women shouldn't be preachers. And Which she, religion? Uh, so she's a uh, Seventh Adventist, and uh, and that religion at, at one time just said there couldn't be uh, any uh, female preachers. And my sister was like, "No, I'm I'm not gonna." And, you know, she's my sister's a gangster. She's a Christian gangster. And, and the system relaxed, and she was able to preach. I don't know how it happened, but she she has two churches. Okay. And she's and she's an a dope dope speaker. She's like me, but she's more disciplined, and she's she's doing it for God. Um, um, and my sister's a, a teacher, so I'm saying it to say, uh, this is why I have don't have any respect for what's going on today with this fucking bullshit extreme white feminism, because they sit on on a position of privilege. Now we're shifting gears. Is that all right? Go where you want. Um, they sit on a, on a position of privilege and. I'm not talking about regular feminism. I'm not talking about, you know, things that actually matter. I'm because I'm black. I know what it means to be disenfranchised. I'm talking about the extreme just extreme white feminism movement that's going around and it's fucking just canceling everything. If you think about cancer culture, I think the people behind cancer culture is fucking extreme white feminism. Because they're the ones who get offended on your behalf. They're the ones who um make it seem as if they're a victim because being a victim is a new power. If you can make yourself a fucking victim, the more power you have. You know what I'm saying? And there are people out there who are offended right now. You know who's offended? Fucking extreme white feminists. It's not nobody else. Everybody, everybody hears what I'm saying. So when I look at my my sisters and I see where they progressed and I see the shit that they had to go through and people getting upset because you open a door for them, it's, it's fucking bullshit. I don't know how we got there. <laughs> what, what's your opinion on... Um Coon cheese. <laughs> Do you give a fuck about coon cheese? Uh, or uh, are, you, <laughs> are you happy they changed the name? Or I mean, I lost three minutes of material. <laughs> Here's the thing about coon cheese. Or um, do you just think, look, man, they're a fucking deeper issue? Uh, yo, you yeah, want yeah, money? Yeah, yeah, you probably okay, want money from okay. France. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. Like, yeah, okay. Some hard we, money from France would help. We, 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 black people are fighting for things. Payment for slave. Yeah, we're, we we want to fight for like you know social injustice. We want to fight for. Uh, you know, uh, illegal search and seizures and unwarranted fucking pullovers. That's what we're fighting for. Yeah. And white white people go, okay, guess what? We hear you, and we'll get rid of Dr. Seuss. Now, say so we we want to stop yeah. dying in your fucking uh and while we're in jail. Okay, we hear you. We'll get rid of coon cheese. They they fucking this give us bullshit. the and then we accept it. We take like the crumbs that they give us in the name of social justice, and we think we we have a we we have a win. It's a loss. It's a fucking loss. You think I give a fuck about Dr. Seuss? Dr. Seuss looks like fucking Julia Gillard, man. I don't give a fuck about Dr. Seuss. It's not a fucking 
big deal to me. Like, in a roundabout kind of way, it's kind of angering you, but isn't it? Of because course it is. They're playing at the shallow it's, end of the ball. They're, play, they're playing us, and we're like taking. You know, here's what they're doing. Stop they're, focusing on coonches and start focusing on the real shit. Exactly. Like money keep, going keep the s- focus on the fact that okay, that that there are um, black people dying in police custody. That's the fight here in Australia. Yeah, it's yes, huge. yes. That, uh, from what I understand, the Aboriginal community is that that's that's a big thing, mm-hmm. and I can't you can't knock that right. But they got rid of coon cheese because it hurt your feelings. So there's a bigger movement for that. They actually went and they changed the name of Coon Cheese, mm. right? But they're not fucking focusing on the real issues. P- motherfuckers are dying. Yeah, and, I tend to agree with you, man. It's so, it's so dumb. And people are like, yeah, we won. We got rid of Coon Cheese. But we're still dying in a fucking custody? That has to change first. Fuck the name of Coon Cheese. We're built tougher than that, man. And I can't really speak for the Aboriginal culture because but I'm not Aboriginal, but I understand what they're going through. But you know, in America, there's something there was uh, something called Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima is a is a, a maple syrup that was um uh it was a commercial and it was a black lady. Yeah, maybe child. It was like a like a black lady. They just got rid of that shit because they say it was racist. Mind you, Aunt Jemima's family was a black family that uh that was still getting paid and they 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 canceled that shit. You know who canceled that shit? Fucking white women. That's who canceled that shit. If you look, if you look deep in the cancel culture, it was pancake syrup with a black. It was, it was, a, it was a pancake. Black mama yeah, exactly, Benson. exactly. And uh, fucking Uncle Ben's rice. We, we don't give a. Is Uncle Ben gone as well? Uncle Ben, they, yeah, they got rid of that shit too, man. Oh, fuck. They're giving us. <laughs> no, no, they're giving us. Jesus. We're we're fighting for things that um that are non-trivial. Yeah, they're giving you the shit deal. And we're like taking it as a fucking reward. I don't think you are though. There's people like you that are vexed. I hate it. I hate it. But I don't. Want, I, I don't want to stop the fact that you know. It's, okay, I'm. I'm. I'm happy to happen. But look at all the focus that went on to that. And meanwhile, while you know, fucking Aunt Jemima's not there, niggas are still getting shot in the streets by cops. Yes. So it's like, why are we? Why, and then we gotta watch these fucking black activists that aren't really activists. You know what I'm saying? So we got to speak about that shit too. They're the ones that just want social media. Yeah, lives, exactly. And right? they get the second you start asking for donations for a cause of someone's death that has nothing to do with your family. Yeah, something's not right. Yeah, you know. And you know, Malcolm X said it best: "You got to watch these fucking people who fucking pretend to be part of the crew and they're not." Like, I don't like Candace Owens, but then I like Candace Owens too. I I agree with her sometimes, and then sometimes I don't because she used to be a fucking uh, against Donald Trump, and she used to be on the left side. She wasn't making any money. She she went on 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 film and said, "I've never experienced racism. I don't know what that is." Mind you, this is the same woman. Is she a black lady. She's a black lady who's like she parrots off fucking. She makes right racists feel good about themselves. She oh, makes. Okay. She's one of those. Does she worked for Fox. Yes. Okay. She's trans- she transferred to Fox, but she used to be like against that shit. But she started making money off that shit, and she's very. So say, now she's a conservative. Yeah, and they, they keep they keep calling her articulate, which bothers me, because like, mm. do you call Geraldo articulate? Do you call fucking um, George Bush articulate? Mm. Articulate just means we're surprised you could fucking string a sentence together because you're a nigga. That's what it means. Mm. They call Barama articulate? Nah. They, they, well, they did. They, they, did they call fucking... Uh, did they ever call George... Have you ever heard of uh, Bill Clinton be called articulate? Nah. It's expected. He's a white guy. So whenever a nigga can speak very well, they go, "Oh, they're articulate." They're like, they're like, I'm. That's the biggest. So I understand yeah, that, that, that's defensive as fuck. Did, did, <laughs> that's a good did, point. Did they ever call? Uh, even even Albert that. Einstein. Did they ever call him articulate? They say he was smart. It's a right. given. It's a given. It's a given. Mm-hmm. Well, any fucking white person you can name, they never call him articulate. But the second a black person could speak and get their point across, oh, they're articulate. That's the, that's the most one of the most offensive things. Go say, oh fuck. You know what you're saying is translation is, oh fuck, that nigga can speak. 
Oh, he, oh, he, oh, he surprised us. Articulate is something you should be. Articulate should be as easy as breathing. And when you get praised for being articulate, it's pretty much being praised because they given you the, the, the <laughs> they doubted you, and the fact that you can actually speak a sentence surprises them. That's what I get offended about. That's what, and, and that's what women get upset too when you call them articulate. Oh, you, you think I was stupid? That's a great point, man. Yeah. So like, I'm articulate, but I don't give a fuck because you get to what I'm saying. So we, we we understand each other. So. Can I ask you, is there a political movement to um, stop money going to France from Haitian No, there isn't, man. No, no they've tried that shit. They've they tried slave? that shit. They've tried it. It's not, there's okay. no, nothing's going to happen. It's just one of those things where we just got to deal with it. So that just goes to show how fucked up the system is. And how solid it is and unbreakable. And everything else that happens is just bullshit. Yeah, it's, man. I, I think at the end of the day, man, I'm not going to say every white person's evil. But behind every deep evil is a fucking white person, man. That's just that's just the truth, man. It's like, like, and whoever owns shit, whoever runs shit, whoever's deep, deep, deep involved, it's it can't be black people. I mean, because I, I I may be biased, but it's like fucking France is a white thing, and they're fucking it's, it's racism, and the system goes further and further. It just rolls over, man. Like we're talking about something that's really fucked up, but no one can do shit about it. What was it? Do you know the exact? I, I think it was something like the early 1500s where France, Spain, England, Holland, and other countries, maybe Denmark and other white nations, started to cut Africa like a pie. Yeah. And they just went in, took their minerals, gold, and people. Yeah, resources, all that shit, man. And shipped them to the Caribbean. Yeah. And started plantations because sugar was. The commodity, um, the motherfucking commodity. Yeah. Sugar was so popular that they started having sugar houses in downtown London and yep. New York, and people would go on a Saturday and have cakes and sugar yep. treats, and it just swept across the nation. It was like legal opium. It was like legal because sugar gives yeah. you a high. And it was it the was first legal. time sugar was introduced into a nation. So yep. imagine you'd never met sugar before and you just had a fucking can of Coca-Cola. You're gone. Yeah, and they actually put Coke in Coca-Cola. But that's another conversation. But yeah, and, that, and that's what it was. But Mike, I was just wondering, like, I'm just, why are black people so constantly fucked with? Like, you know, like, I understand there was a slavery within the African community. Uh, community, but it was a system. You were a slave for a certain amount of years, and you would, you know, grow out of it, and or for lack of a better term, and you would have other opportunities. But when the white man got involved, because he just fucked that shit up, and there and there were slaves in Ireland too, and the Irish were slaves too. Like they, they, call, they call themselves, uh, you know, the niggers of Europe. <laughs> what they call themselves? Well, yeah, that's right. It's just a, I remember growing up as a kid. Uh, hearing nothing but Irish jokes yeah, being aimed at the Irish being idiots. Right. Like, um, did you hear about the Irish helicopter? It right. comes with an eject, inject, ejector seat. Yeah. Um, all derogatory <laughs> Irish jokes. That was the English way right. of beating down the Irish as subhuman. Right. Uh, the Americans began that process with um, doing something very important to the black man and that was changing the definition of a human being right. and making a black man property. Right. In the Bible, God said you have to treat human beings equally. 
but if it's not your property, you can do whatever you like to your right. property. And you can so have they, slaves. They, yeah. cha- they told people that black people are not human beings, they're property. Yeah. The same way here as Florida the, Font Act over here. Our yeah. indigenous people yep. up until 1967. Yep. So when you do that, the same way Hitler did that with the Jews, where he said the Jews are subhuman people. Right. When we talk about exterminating the Jews, we're just talking about getting rid of the rats in this house. Yeah. It changes the dynamics. Yeah. I think what, but what he was doing, if you really study Hitler, as horrible as he was, he felt like the um, the true Jews were Hebrew Israelites, which is a whole nother topic itself. And they just, you know what? I don't know what the fuck his problem was, man. I heard that he fucking had a girlfriend who dissed him for a Jewish guy and he got pissed off, whatever it was. But- I heard that too, but I also heard that if uh, if someone went back in time and bought his artwork in 1920, he wouldn't have killed anyone because uh, he was a struggling artist. Right. And if they just gave him acceptance and maybe he got signed to Token, he wouldn't have done <laughs> <laughs> which is a creative agency. <laughs> Maybe they would have left him the fucking. Maybe he would have left fucking everyone. You know this alone. is going on in the ether, right? Yeah. You, you just you you, re- you just cancel your chances of ever being with Token by saying that shit. <laughs> so I just think if he got some, if Hitler got some recognition for his art, then maybe he just would have uh, channeled all his energy into that and left people alone. But right. yeah, I also heard that theory as well. No, I'm. I'm he you, had a girlfriend. You see me look at my watch. It's not because I'm trying to rush. I'm just because uh, I'm making certain we have more time to get deeper shit. We're yeah. fine. We're going to a gig in uh, an hour. We're no, going, we're fine. No, I'm we're not, going I'm to not Dramana, Two Bays Brewery. Uh, check it out. There's another show coming up. This is We're in March, but I, I'll post this soon. There's a gig coming up in June, July, Christmas in July at Two Bays Brewery in Dramana. Come check us out. Ash is also. Go to the Aussie Pub Comedy Tour. So, Aussie Pub Comedy Tour, and you'll see Ash coming up on other shows. You see me, you, and fucking Evan, S- a.k.a. Fuckhead. Fuckhead. <laughs> I love what he says. Hey, how you doing, fuckhead? Yeah, that's Evan. But yeah, man, Um, and that's that's another thing, too, this industry. It's, uh... <laughs> so, pe- anyway, our, yeah. our point, I think our point is people just want to be loved. And he wasn't <laughs> loved, he turned nasty, that motherfucker. And he became nasty. And guess what? People listened to him. That's the part... There's, I read. I was reading a book and called Conversations with God, and this guy he taps into God's brain. He asks questions and God answers. It sounds crazy, but then the answers are pretty cool. And he goes, "You know what, man? Heaven is the way you live. Hell is also the way you live." And he goes, "Hitler went to heaven," and it took me a while to understand what he meant. So I thought like Hitler died and went to heaven. No, Hitler, when he was alive, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He owned that was heaven for him. Mm. He went to heaven. That that's what he meant. He didn't mean like he went to heaven in a way like he died. Went to heaven. It's like he goes, "Don't get mad at Hitler. Get mad at everybody who listened to him." Mm. It's like we allowed it to happen. You know what I'm saying? People get mad at God. Say, "Why is God?" Because there's no like you know, God doesn't stop free will. Yeah. If it was, it wouldn't be God. But so what he did was bad. But people actually follow that shit because we're a bunch of followers. We're a bunch of give me, tell me how to live. Tell me what to think. Tell me how to be. And then I want to show you how to think. I want to show you how I f- want you to see me. It's just Instagram. It's fucking you, Facebooks. You just really sounded a lot like Goebbels. Or not Goebbels. I think it was Heinrich Himmler or someone who... I think it was Himmler who was in uh, the Nazi Germany propaganda team. And he said to Hitler exactly that one night. And he said, we need, he goes, people will follow. We just have to give them nuggets of information slowly and slowly. We have to sort of tell them that 
the Jews are subhuman, but we can't just come out and say they're subhuman. We have to start making them angry first by telling them that they're ruining our economy by taking all the money out of our economy. <laughs> so it starts like that, and you build the hatred. Yeah. And you turn it against people. You just told me I, I just sound like a Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just said exactly. I'm like, I thought you were gonna say something like Albert Einstein, or you sound, you sound like exactly like Dick Gregory. But you said you just sound like exactly what a Nazi just said, which is the same exact. I'm like, no, no, okay. But I get what you're saying. Uh, I was speaking in third person, I guess, um, or is it fourth person? Whatever the fuck the person, you know what it is that you know what I'm talking about. But um, it's um, I'm just we just live in a society, and we've always been that. Mm. I think social media has fucking put that shit on steroids, man. Like, do you know? We live in a society where our self-esteem is judged by how many likes we get off a post. Absolutely. And and also, uh, we think we live in a world where we're all connected on, on online. However, we're actually fracturing and splitting off into separate individual groups because Twitter, Facebook, yep. and all social media platforms work on an algorithm. Yep. It gives you and sends you what your patterns. What they think, yeah, yep. So you're all building your own community of people. So we're all splitting out separate from each other. All in the name of advertisements. <laughs> That's all it is. It's money. All, all, it's, it's all, It'll it's, always uh, be money. It's always going to be money. But like fucking like they, they. I mean, look at you. Real change for your people is stopping money going to France. That's yeah, real change. Haitian, yeah, but that's Nothing not going to happen. Nothing to do with pancake syrup and nah, coon cheese. Nah, but, but they wanted to... They, they wanted, They'll give you crumbs when you're trying to get the well, meal. That's where you and go need feed to, on that. That's where you need to convince these white feminists to turn their attention. If they want oh, to help your cause, that's where you go fight, bitch. No, Point yeah, it to the fire. Right, right. Extreme white feminists. Because then again, feminism has a has a place. Let me tell you what happened. And uh, <laughs> it's going to go on Ethan. I'm doing a show, and I do a joke about this too. Uh, I'm doing a show uh, in my comedy room, right? And I'm on stage. And uh, it's International Women's Day. And uh, I'm on stage, and I start my show off, and I go, hey, um, before I start my show, I just want to say uh, happy International Women's Day, and I uh, hope you guys, and before I can finish, a comic, who's a female comic, who's in front of the stage, jumps up, and she's like, guys, what do you mean guys? You just called us guys on International Women's Day. And that wasn't necessary, dude. Mm. It was ne- I was starting to show, you're a comic, and you're heckling me, it's like, a cop being pulled over by a drunk cop. It, it it wasn't necessary, and it really, really put me at odds. As a matter of fact, and I, I know I, they'll see this, and I, I got I have it I have it recorded. I should play it to fucking put him out to fucking name and shame. But she knows who she is, and and it was unnecessary. And this isn't the first time this comic has heckled me. It's unfair because we are victim. We are a product of our society, and in our vernacular, there are certain words that we just use, which don't mean that we're just targeting on men like but we everybody knew that we don't say hey uh like uh, like first man on the moon we're not disrespecting yeah exactly exactly but, just but, it, it, but, it's just the words but that we i think use. everybody knew that because she got on stage and she started off her, she started her show hey guys and she was talking to everybody so i'm like, I'm like when you say hey guys are you only talking to men yeah everybody everything is in context when you take it out of context yes. here's here's what white extreme feminists do they look for any opportunity that they can to find something where they can take power over you White feminism, extreme feminism, they're not about solutions. They're about control. They're about controlling and overpowering. They're not about solutions and fixing things and getting things. That They're about fucking taking over. And it's, it's predominantly with extreme white feminists. Case example, everybody knew. Everybody knew what I meant when I said, hey, uh, I, hope, I, hope, I hope you guys. Everybody knew that. No one had a problem with it. But that was 
their opportunity for her to take control. And those they just jump at the opportunity. Fucking it, it, it damn near fucking emasculated me while I'm on stage. Like, it, cause I don't know how to respond to that. I'm like, okay, uh, I'm giving your your um, I'm giving the movement a praise. I'm praising it. I'm giving it respect. And I just happen to just say talk how I normally talk, and you're getting upset at fucking me saying the word guys when you know exactly the context that I met it in. Mm. But instead of just seeing that like a normal person, you saw the opportunity to have something where you could play a victim so you can take control. And that's what they're about. To take control, man. There's a lot of bullshit going on. And it happens with the fucking um this this there's a group of fucking female comics who are shit and they're white, but they're go they're out there and they're fucking out there they're out there to attack you. And I know who they are and I stay the fuck away from them. I know you're gonna see me. What you gonna do? I'm black. I'm fucking kryptonite to you, nigga. So it's like <laughs> I I it's just it's it, it I, I, I stay out of it. But when that happened, it really got to me. To the point I'm still talking about it. I wrote a joke yeah. about it. It really got to me. Because like, yo, I'm black. I'm a black man. Like, I go through enough shit on my own. Absolutely. And can I just say, in your defense, you are a feminist. You do want women to have equal pay. Of the course. Same opportunity. Absolutely. I'm, we I'm, have spoken I'm talking about, about this. Yeah, I'm talking about feminists. Yeah, I'm, I just I'm, want to put, get that clear oh, to people who but, are thinking. No, I, I say extreme white feminists. I say, I say extreme white fe- I'm talking about extreme white feminists. And the people who hear me are normal people. And the people who are going to get offended are extreme white feminists. The cancel culture that's out there at large. Cancel culture is extreme white feminists. Yep. Who is behind this shit? Who gets offended on my behalf more than me? White women. I've never had a complaint from a white guy. I've never had a complaint from a woman of ethnicity or a fucking culture or whatever. It is, or, or if I, It's always been a white woman come up to me telling me my jokes are racist. With a, with a champagne in her hand. It's always been that. We all know that shit. It's, but people are scared to talk about that because they don't want to get fucking canceled. By who? White women. Getting back to real change in America, um, they were saying something about retrain the police. Is that happening? That's bullshit. Is it bullshit? I okay. think it's bullshit. Defund the police. And then who are you going to call when the fucking Not defund, retrain. Because defund was a ridiculous movement. They said you can't defund the police because then they'll be completely they'll be complete anarchy. These movements are all stupid. Just like Black Lives Matter. Yeah, it's dumb. Let me tell you something. People really think Black Lives, Black Lives Matter sounds great on the surface, but when you dig into it, Black Lives Matter made a fucking over, I don't know, uh, maybe 50 million or some arbitrary number of million, and none of that shit goes into the community. Black Lives Matter is something Where did that money go? That, that shit's run by George Soros. Look that shit up. That really? Shit, that, that Black Lives Matter was Holy a movement fuck. to cause division. Well, philosophically speaking, it's a good idea because Ex- it sounds good. It brought a lot Ex- of black issues to the forefront of and, white privilege. Yeah, and, like and guess myself, what happened? Where and, we, we, we didn't know but the guess what's happening? Gu- yeah, but guess what's happening? Social injustice. Nothing changes. They made fucking money. Nothing changed. This is where I grew with Candace Owens because she's not playing the victim card as a black person. Mm. She's playing the fucking the race card on the other opposite side. Everything is about money. Like Black Lives Matter do matter. Our, our lives do matter, and it sounds great. But when you dig into it, who was the person that started that shit? Who was funding it? It was a fucking white man who was known for causing division. George Soros. And I, if I say this, well, if he kills me, he kills me. I'm ready to die anyway. But it's just like, you know, it's mm. it's it's bullshit, man. It's they're tr- t- uh, Fucking Tamir Rice um, is uh, one of the first black kids who uh, uh, got shot by a cop, and it was like a, a big deal. She just came out recently, like two days ago, saying she's against Black Lives Matter because they haven't given a dime to her. And they, and they fucking, they, they use fucking, like, George Floyd. Holy Flo- fuck. Yeah, so that just, money hasn't been appropriated no. to... Tamir Rice's mom. Google that shit. Tamir Rice's mom's anti-Black Lives Matter. And this was like, this is when I had, this is when I had enough. Because when she's saying these people are profiting off our, 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 our losses 
and she has some other mothers. I can't, I don't want to misquote them or say who it is because I, I can't remember. But I remember reading it. It's like this literally two days ago. And she was saying that how these comp- these people who are so um, pro-black get donations and then they fucking disappear. And she went after like Sean King, who someone I look up to in a sense, but they, these people, they, they keep profiting. Here's where this Catch-22 is. Without these people, these causes wouldn't be a conversation. But with these people, their agenda is different from the cause that they're fucking talking about. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So they're all they're all for black lives, but they're profiting off of it. And they just do a couple of things here and there. So the integrity is is lost. But surely Black Lives Matter must be doing more good than harm. It must be a, a, a steering the ship in a right direction. And then you have What has it done? It's brought the issue to the to the attention what of issue the fact of high incarceration rates social Some, injustices it's an issue that's how many been, black people are getting shot you, and killed by the you, cops i'm 42 years old do you think this is the first time i heard about this issue well no but so what they're doing is but doesn't that bring about change from that's people that, coming that, up in the education a, system th- no this is a fucking new college graduates no. going i want to get into politics no, no, i want to make a th- different th- social reform to a certain extent to a certain extent what they're not doing is they're not talking about the it's not buried under the rug uh, yeah okay well the, the, how can I put this without sounding like an ignorant fuckhead well just, just um, say it um I hate when people say uh let's have a conversation I'm sick of conversations conversations do nothing but keep talking about it and we give ourselves a pat on the shoulder because we talked about it true change is exactly what I saw my sisters do they never talked. They never had a conversation about black this and black that. They went ahead. You look at them. These they're bosses. You know what I'm saying? Like she's a doctor. She's a preacher. Another one's a teacher. They do what they have to do. My mom owns land. She owns property. My mom's a gangster too. But they don't. They don't fucking get involved in that shit. Real G's move in silence, man. So you're saying it should be black education matters. Just study. Yes. Just go to school, that's what it should be. College. Yes, exactly. And it should be something. Knowledge is it's, power. There's, I, I follow so many, so many like that's black, how you change the black system. groups, and the, the system is changed. It's just not being promoted the same way that negative is. Here's the thing: I follow a lot of groups on social media that are uh, black alliance, black power, and man, they have like pictures of, like a whole bunch of black dudes who are doctors who graduated. These guys dressing in suits and ties, like they're making black people look. You know, the they're pushing the 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 the, the, the narrative that we are more than gangsters and pimps. But what happens with the media is. Or even in entertainment, we can only get promoted as fucking a pimp or a gangster or a negative, mm-hmm. and that shit seeps into your your consciousness. When you're a kid and you're a young, picture a young black kid, and you're seeing all you see on television is entertaining, but all you see in your mind is fucking juice and fucking boys in the hood. All these only roles that we're getting are the roles that make us look like fucking jesters, fucking gollywogs, or fucking gangsters. That shit really does something to your brain, and you, mm-hmm. and you hear you hear the music, in the music. They fucking, back in the day, hip-hop was fucking powerful. KRS-One, they were doing a, lot, doing a lot of powerful shit. And then they said, fuck, let's dumb people down. And they let the niggas do all the dumb shit. Black rap today is literally, yep, 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 yep. And that's how people hear that shit. And when these people, they're, they're growing up on that shit, that's how they're going to talk. Kind of like me when I'm drunk. Yep, 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 right? But Malcolm Moore, on the other hand, is allowed to be a fucking... You know, do whatever the fuck he wants. They don't fuck with white rappers the way they fuck with black rappers, man. The second black rappers become conscious, they fucking cancel them. Because the people who are in control, who is in control of hip-hop? Jewish white men. That's who runs fucking hip-hop. That's who fucking runs fucking that shit. So they, they, the labels. It, they, the labels, the, the, the top ones. 
the top ones, uh, um, fucking Clyde, whatever the fuck his name is. So all the hip hop that gets through, you got fucking Migos, they got us chasing change, they got us chasing all this fucking gold, all this bullshit, and meanwhile, Makamura could talk about a thrift shop, right, and become a hit. Don't you know how many black artists that are rappers who have the same mentality, but they get pushed to the side? But let a white guy do it, it's all right. Makamura, he has a position of privilege, and he talks about it. And he talks about it knowing he has best in the privilege. So he's like in a, he, he's doing the right thing, but he's also profiting in the fight too. So he's, 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 he's comfortable. He's like the <laughs> shitty white comic that fucking gets signed. <laughs> do you think you need you to, know ha- who you are. Do you think you need to be a little bit more optimistic only because 35 years ago, David Bowie brought it up on MTV saying, why aren't you playing black music? There's a whole catalog of black music. You're not playing it. And MTV was stumped. They couldn't answer him. Yeah. So now. That's that. That's the power of black pussy, man, because he was fucking a black girl. It's like, <laughs> hey, hey, listen, nigga, I ain't going to be no more pussy unless you. Oh, yes, honey. Um, Why aren't you playing any more black music? Because uh, my black wife is not going to give me any more pussy until I do something about it. So that's what it is. All right. No, but yeah. <laughs> but look, I'm very positive. But like we're doing so much more than being shot in the streets. That that sh- that shit still needs to be highlighted. But how come we're not? They're not showing the positive sides of black progression. There's so much. I'm I'm living proof. Um, to an extent, until like I go to the agency. Uh, but I'm living proof. There's black progression. Like my sister's a, a black doctor. Like I keep mentioning that because I'm so proud of her. But um, what's being promoted? Black Lives Matter is a. It was started by a white man. Who wanted to keep the division around? And then if you if you watch the promotion, if Black Lives Matter, the protest, they were fucking knocking down mom and pop shops that were black. Yeah, that that was. So do Black Lives really, really matter? Or yeah. exactly, it's just like you dumb fuck. You're like if 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 it was my business and my life mattered, mm. then you wouldn't be on the street knocking my business over. At least bare minimum, see who runs the business. Do your research and yeah, yeah, okay. Fucking make sure you skip. It's kind of like uh, back in the day in the biblical days where if you had a, a a red paint over your door, then your child wouldn't get killed. Or whatever the fuck it was, I can't whatever it was. Find it if you're really that intelligent, then fucking skip skip the black fucking stores because a lot of black businesses were burned. A lot of people lost their lives financially through their protests. So something's not right about that. If you really watch on YouTube, there before the protest, there are people who are putting up bricks. Stacks and pallets of bricks setting people up. There's a setup that goes around. Yeah. And fucking, there's this pictures of fucking white girls fucking spray painting BLM. And there's a black girl stopping her. Don't do that. She goes, no, I'm doing it for you. Goes, no, no, don't do that. And what happens is people go there and go, see, if they're Black Lives Matter, why we're doing this shit for? Because they're taking the bait. There's, there's someone that's causing this division. And they're doing it on both sides. The people who stormed the Capitol. You, look, the people who stormed the Capitol were people who were angry. But by the same token, they knew, the people who fed them that shit knew that they'll take that bait to make mm. Trump look bad. You know what I'm saying? But then Trump, they they, they played with, with his, they know how to manipulate shit. They played with his narcissism. Here's what I'm basically, basically saying. Black Lives Matter is a great movement, but the agenda, the true agenda behind it is not about unification. It's mm. about separation. Okay? Um, we still always need to be civil and we, we need to put bringing things to the forefront. I'm, I've been a victim of police violence. I've been fucking, I lost my home. I got fucking beat up by cops. It's happened to me. You know what I'm saying? That just still needs to be in the forefront. But what they can't do is go on the streets and fuck shit up. Because what what's happening is when you protest, there's always a bad group who's going to infiltrate that shit and shit on the whole group. It's like having a glass of water and then someone put a drop of urine in it. And the whole thing looks clear, but you know it's fucking dirty because mm. that fucking small drop of urine mm. has contaminated it. 
And that's what Black Lives Matter is. And that's what fucking happened with the Capitol. People were upset because, you know, they were fed a lie to think and they were angry. But they were like the people, the dumb ones are always the loudest ones. The most ignorant ones are always the one that gets the most attention. Mm. When we're on stage and we do a show, right, um, everybody's laughing. Except for that one person. And where does our attention go? To the one person who's not laughing. Because mm. that negativity fucking takes over to all that positive shit. It's uncanny how a comic tunes into that. We do. Because when we say with ourselves, fuck, they figured me out. They know I'm bullshitting. Because we know we're bullshit when we're up there. Yeah. But the thing is that everybody's laughing and we're focusing on that one person and we're just trying to impress that one person. And that's the that's how life is. Are you aware of a movement online that's good for social change and reform? Like, are you aware of something that you can talk about to promote online where there is a... Uh, a political movement trying to stop money leaving Haiti and other d- nah. underdeveloped countries to nah, go nah. back to uh, their white conquerors. Look, it, I know England nah, collects don't. taxation from countries for compensation for slaves as yeah. well. And, and why are we? And, who, and who's paying that? Uh, we are. Why? Right? Why are we? That, that's the thing. Because it goes back to what you said before. The system is so intrinsically cemented with white privileged yeah, but people we, but, that everything that happens around it is like. BLM is like paper swords. It's not real. It's not. It's real not. Pa- look, black lives, black lives do matter. It sounds great, but if you think about it, the system was behind it is fucked up. But who, but the thing is that England's asking for money for slaves, and who the per, the people? It's not England's a fault. It's the people saying yes. Mm. You know, you could say no. You could say no. Like for instance, all these wars that are happening, because if everybody just said no, nah, I'm gonna go to war. That's your problem. You fucking, you know, George Bush, you go fight Saddam Hussein. Y'all go in the boxing ring and figure that shit out. We ain't fighting for this shit. And that would be it. But we're just, it's ingrained in our brains to be fucking followers and listeners. And, like, I guess war is necessary in some places, like civil war. That was fine. But, like, it just shits me. Like, how are we still paying money for fucking slaves to this very day? People are like, people are like, okay, it's like, hey, man. That should be the real issue on the forefront of any political movement. I think what they do is they keep, they, they keep you first. Yeah, they keep you, give you the bullshit. Give you the bullshit. And, and that way you never get to let's the real shit. Let's focus on pancake syrup. Let's yeah. focus on cheese. Right. Yeah. Cause it, cause if, Don't if you touch found that out, issue. Right. Cause that's it, fucking, that's if, our cash. Right, if you found out what we're really doing, then you'd have a real reason to be upset. So let's give you a Fuck fake yeah. cause to be upset and give you these small little wins and you'll stop right there. Because if you dig if you dig any deeper, you're going to find out what's really going on. Have you done a show? You should do a show about that. I'm, 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 I'm actually working on that. It's actually... um. It's taking time, but I'm working on it. It's going to take a lot of time. Yeah, because I'm pa- I have a lot to unpack. It's thick I'm, and it's deep, and you, right. you have to find punchlines through there. Yeah, I make it funny, I make him think. But it's uh, doable. Oh yeah, but it's, but it's it's a lot of work because you want to make certain that you get your point across without yeah. sounding ignorant. You want to do your homework. And preachy and yeah, and saying yeah, you don't you don't want something like that. But at the end of the day, man, it's like we're still in a position where we can do something about it. But maybe I'll you know. Our pineal glands are so calcified we can't fucking move because we we're you know it's just our third eye isn't open. There's so mm. many there's so many things that we don't know, and it's for for so it's for a reason. Well, I think I mean just to go off on a, a tangent regarding the pineal gland, I think there's a reason why mushroom. That's the reason why mushrooms are illegal. They don't want you to trip out and open up your mind and expand your horizons and yeah. realize that we're all connected yep. and that. We can get by with peace and love. And yep. You don't need to chase that extra property, the extra car to pump into the economy and contribute so much of your uh, energy to it, to an economy that you can just get by with a minimal life. 
almost Buddhist in nature. Yeah, simplicity. 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 Yeah, simplistic nature. So there's a reason that drug's illegal and there's a reason why coffee is very fucking legal because it gets you going and gets you contributing to the society that we want. Yeah, Chappelle said it best. Chappelle was, uh, I think it was the Age of Spin special. He was like, hey man, back in the day they would, uh, you know, people taking mescaline and LSD and they were were experimenting on them and then they found out that people were like um, figuring out that they need war. So they fucking made that shit illegal. Because everything that's legal is things that can literally make you dumber. Alcohol is legal, mm. you know. Uh, uh, marijuana is kind of illegal, but it's legal to fight on that shit. But, you know, uh, mushrooms are... The Cube on TV is legal to watch. Yeah, that's what that, that's legal. Um, Fucking Married at First Sight is legal. You can watch that. Yeah, you know um, what? <laughs> the Best Chef or some <laughs> shit on TV is legal. Reality so slow, but I'll tell you something. I watched Married at First Sight. Uh-oh. Want to know why? Because I enjoy watching white people be stupid. Uh-oh. It makes me feel good about being black. I love it. I, I, and, I, and I know I'm, I know I'm fully aware my brains are being fried and I'm fucking becoming dumber. But, man, there's nothing like a, watching a bunch of white people be so fucking stupid. I love it. Fucking crazy and, like, concept. It's, 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 yeah, it's like, and then they fucking get mad at gay marriage. Just that. Yeah, gay what a backhanded slap to gay yeah, people it's, it's that like want to get married. Exactly. It's like, they had to fight tooth and nail for a referendum. Yeah, but then like. Literally, and break a nail, and they were shitty about that. They're going to an experiment. I'm like, that shit is fucking dumb. I would go on that show, but I've yet to see a black person marry for a sight in Australia yet. Because no one wants to marry a nigga. <laughs> I said that shit. And if you're upset, you're probably a white woman. Here's the Let's thing. have a Married at First Sight, a black special, and then a uh, Muslim special where a guy picks five wives. Yeah. <laughs> and belts them. Is it, isn't Married at First Sight pretty much like uh, the the Muslim fucking way of doing things? Like Yeah, well, the, not only Muslim. There's a, I work at a pub part-time, and there's a couple of Nepalese girls that are going to Nepal after COVID to get their husbands and yeah. bring them back. Yeah, okay. So it's proxy. The mum picks the husband. Right. I apologize to, uh, if I offend any Muslim out there because that's actually a peaceful... Look, I'm peaceful, not... It's a peaceful religion. And my wife just, is Muslim too. We're joking. It depends if Obviously, she doesn't leave me tonight. You know, I grew up in Brunswick. <laughs> they're wonderful people. My neighbors are Muslim. It's great. But we're just taking the piss. Yeah, we're, we're, we're having a... a yeah, taking the piss. That's but yeah, uh, Muslims and uh, arranged by proxy marriages. Look, man... Who are we to throw stones when 40% of marriages in the Western world fail? And yeah, of, but is, of the 60%, how many right. of them are deep in love? Is, so, is marriage even necessary? Well, I don't. You're, t- you're preaching to the choir. It's not. I'm, I'm not married, and I'm, I'm casting doubt whether I will get married. Oh, man, let me tell you something. I, would, I wouldn't do it ever. Yeah. I, 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 I love my wife. I love women and I love the companionship of women and right. I just I but don't know if I could commit to something that 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 it's not a commitment it's more a responsibility like I you're responsible when like my wife is like she reminds me of my mom in a way as far as like she wish she's beautiful internally she's like she's to me she's pure you know and I'm like I just wish that maybe she could be happier without me in a sense because it's like I fuck up I do dumb shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she doesn't even curse. She doesn't drink. She doesn't smoke. She's like, she's a vegan. She just like, she's, her head's on straight. And, uh, um, uh, I, I make her happy, which is great. But I could also make her unhappy. And I don't want the responsibility of making her unhappy because she could be unhappy by herself. But when I cause that, it really fucks me up. And that's the problem with being married. The problem with being married is you, you, your life is no longer your life. It's, it's, it's a combined life. life and everything you do falls on that person mm. you know as we're speaking right now i think my wife is pretty angry at me by the time this airs we might be all right but 
it was my mistake. It was me fucking being stupid, you know, uh, just being stressed about shows and, you know, just stressed about all these things. Um, and she's just like a a very chill person, but like when I get stressed out, I, I seclude myself and I don't I don't bring her in. Well, you took the words out of my mouth because the point I was going to make was that you uh, I've heard for a successful marriage, you should be communicating. And right. if you're excluding yourself, that's the opposite of communicating. Right. So... Do you plan on communicating with her? I communicate with her when when I'm able to when I'm in control of like what's gonna happen. Pro, like, you mean control of your feelings to process them? Yes, them? yes. When, when, when I'm in, not not that when I'm in, the main thing is like you know this is the first time uh, the pandemic has really shifted. Like I've been traveling for so long, I've been doing comedy for so long, so I've always had been able mm. to pay the rent and the bills. But I'm in a position where it's like you know if something doesn't change by the end of next year, then I don't know how I'm gonna be able to provide for her and in her mind she doesn't care she's like just be around but in my mind yeah, she loves like, you yeah my mind is like i my job is to i've always since we got married even before then i've always been a provider and she and she doesn't need me she, she, she does her own thing she's a boss too but it's like i've always had that ability to be in control of like you know making sure that not control like a woman but control like fucking you don't have to worry about your rent you don't have to worry about this i'll take care of this i'll take care of that so I see that dwindling away because I don't because this pandemic is making me uncomfortable, and I don't so I don't speak as much and I just keep to myself, and she doesn't. Uh, but isn't that an opportunity for you to evolve and grow and realize and, that I don't have to be a provider when I can't be a provider? That there is this beautiful thing called love. And that's we what have she, a and union. That, that's what she says. She and, says the exact same thing, but I, when you my get, mind can't word, register that. And when you get on your feet again, and and the cruise ship gigs come back, and you start traveling again and touring. That money's going to bounce back. Yeah, that's that's the thing. And then you can fulfill your ego side of that equation, but I, it's unnecessary in the equation. I for think you two I've, to I've be been together. I've been damaged, man, because just I haven't felt this way since before. I feel like um, before I f- I feel like uh, being aware of being homeless versus to being homeless at eighteen. You see what I'm saying? I'm not homeless or anything, but I'm just saying like. I didn't have the the responsibilities. It was okay for me to fuck up. And today, and I and I went through this. I worked twenty five years to get where I am today, mm. all for it to be just taken away from me. And mm. I'm like, fuck. And even getting a normal job, and it's like, okay, I'm not living a great life. I'm living a normal life, and just having to adjust to that shit after touring and doing all this shit. It's just like a, I I know it'll be all right, and she doesn't put any pressure on me, but uh, I, the pressure is on myself. It's just it, that's my mental. I think the best thing about this whole thing is I'm aware of it. I'm aware of like, yeah, she she doesn't have a problem with that. It's me with I'm I'm the one with the problem. So, well, I'll be interested when you come back. We work it out. I mean, you tell me how it worked out. I'll tell you it worked out. Uh, she's like, get your bags and get the fuck out of here. Now she's <laughs> <laughs> now she's cool. So mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens, man. Um, can you come back? Yeah, man. We gotta go. Yeah, we gotta get out of here, man. We gotta go to Dramana for a gig with Sonia Diorio, Evan Hawking. Yeah, fuck it. Um, do you want to plug any shows? Anything uh, you're doing during festival? Uh, look out for me uh, next year, and I hope I'm alive. And <laughs> in the meantime, the Comics Lounge in North Melbourne. Yes, 24 Arrow Street, uh, Tuesday through Saturday. They have amazing lineups. They're literally the best club in the country or the world. It's the MCG of stand-up in Melbourne. Are you also performing at Kings of Comedy over April or Rubber uh, Chicken? Yeah, yeah, I'll be at... Uh, no, no, no Rubber Chicken. No? No. Come down, we'll go. We'll no, go together. I, I went there. And I'll, I'll, I'll stay with off air, but I won't go there again. Um, but, I haven't um, been yet. I've heard good things. You have good things? Well, Richard Stubbs was on last night in the pro oh, room. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, pro room. Pro, pro room. room. Pro room. I, 
We're pros, man. No, yeah, exactly. They had me to do an open mic. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I was like, to... what the f-? And I was like, and I, I had no idea. I thought it was just like a regular room, which is one room. Man, we'll come down, we'll have a beer. I'll talk to Benny. I'll tell him you're a pro. He'll put you in the pro room. Yeah, well, he knows. Anyway, uh, 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 Bunny, uh, the Berkey yeah. Seltzer, every Monday, if you're in, uh, that's, that's in my Brunswick. room uh, that I run. Yes. Uh, Glenn Glenn runs a uh, comics lounge. Uh, you got fucking Dirty Secrets. Uh, you got Collingwood. Collingwood. You got the Bendy Hotel with, with Matt Nicky. You got that. Um, you have uh, uh, Kings of uh, Kings Kings of Comedy. Yes. That's another one too. Done. Yeah. Well, come back. We'll we'll chat again. Yeah, man. We got to hit the road. And if I offend anybody, fuck yes. Fuck yes. <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye.